Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Neil Haney. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. Greetings, everyone. I'm Neil Haney, senior pastor of Vineyard Church of Northridge, and welcome again to Church at Home. Last week, I was um, looking for something I'd lost, and um, I was uh, in one of the offices that we're not using right now, and I ran across um, a little book that I'd actually started to read a couple years ago. It's by uh, Ian Thomas, and it's called The Indwelling Life of Christ, All of Him and All of Me. And uh, I don't know, I just I picked it up, and, and that title just jumped off the page, because lately I've really been, you know, I've had extra time to kind of spend with the Lord during this uh, house arrest, as I call it, and uh, just really praying, Lord, I want more of you. I want to be, I want to be closer to you, more intimacy, deeper relationship. I want, I just want to, you know, a fuller surrender to you, because I've had a lot of time just to think about things, and and I'm I'm kind of a classic Martha, and I've had some time to kind of slow down and be more of a Mary spend a little extra time in the Word and, and just reading some really good stuff. And so when I ran across this little book, I picked it up, and I'm like, you know what? I looked, and I'd only gotten about a third of the way through it. I thought, you know, I'd really like to finish this book. And so I started reading it. And some of the stuff that Ian Thomas says in this book just really gripped my heart. And I felt like, as I was reading it, that I was supposed to share, uh, you know, some of the concepts that the Lord was speaking to me uh, to you. And so I, I really just want to share from my heart uh, this, this, uh, during this time about what I, I was able to uh, hear from the Spirit. The premise of the book is that human beings were designed to have the, the, the Spirit of Christ dwelling in them as their very life. In other words, animals, plants, other things have natural life in them. But when God created you and me, he created us to have life through his indwelling presence, through his indwelling spirit. And so that's when he formed us with his hands out of the, out of the clay and he breathed his life into us. That's when we received the spirit of God and came to life. And if you remember the prohibition to Adam and Eve not to eat of the tree of, of the good knowledge of good and evil, but to eat of the tree of life, one of the things that he says to them is in the day that you eat of it, the forbidden fruit you will surely die. And of course, Satan comes along and and tells them just the opposite. You surely will not die, he says. And of course, you know that when they ate the fruit, they didn't just fall over dead, but they did lose that that spirit's life in them. And and so from then on, they and their children and their children's children began to live in a way that looked more like sin and less like God. And it was because they had really lost the spirit and presence of God, and, and so they were dead spiritually. And so fast forward to you know, several thousand years later, in, in the fullness of time, Jesus enters the scene, and he begins to show us how to live based on what real humanity was supposed to look like, Christ in us. Ian Thomas gives an illustration that I really, really loved. He said, can you imagine... Uh, driving along and, and seeing this fellow pushing a brand new car. And you're like, why is he pushing that car? It must have run out of gas. So you get out, 
say, hey, fella, you know, can I help you? He's like, yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, push my car. And he's, and you're like, well, there's a gas station just up ahead. Let's just push it in there. And you, 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 you know, you look the situation over, you realize there's no gas in the tank. So you push him into, you help him push him into the, the gas station. Uh, he has no money, so you, you know, fill up his tank. And you got him all set to go. He's, you've got all the, the, the gas in the tank that he needs. And uh, you, as you drive away, you notice that he's pushing the car out of the gas station. So you turn around and you're like, wait a minute. Roll down the window. What are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm pushing my car again. It's, you know, it's my new car and I, I really like the way it looks. And it's really got nice uh, upholstery and I can carry things in the trunk and in the back seat. And you're like, what, 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 you're missing the point of the car. You're supposed to, and you show him how to get in and turn the, you know, the key in the ignition so that the gasoline that you just put in the car actually goes into the engine and it's able to carry the car. And Ian Thomas points out that so many Christians don't understand the Christian life because they accept Jesus into their hearts. They, they say, Lord, I realize that I'm lost. I'm spiritually dead. Uh, I, I, I don't know you and I need to know you. I realize now that I've, I've lived my life without you and I need you in my life. And then Jesus comes in and they, they say, hey, you know, sit in the back seat while I push the car, so to speak. It's like, I'm gonna, now I'm going to live for you, Jesus. And I'm going to do this for you, Jesus. I'm going to do that for you. And I'm going to try this and I'm going to do that. And they go on about their Christian lives like, like Jesus is just a passenger in the car that they're pushing. And, um, and, and Ian Thomas says what we need to realize is that Jesus came to show us how to live. And we need to live like that. We need to live like Jesus. We're supposed to live like Jesus. And so if you, if you remember what happened was when he came here, he was at his baptism, he was filled with the Spirit. The Spirit comes down like a dove. John the Baptist gives testimony that he's filled with the Spirit. The Father says, this is my Son whom I love, whom my soul delights, with whom my soul delights. And Jesus... Um, is led into the wilderness where he's tempted by the devil. But then after that, he begins his public ministry, filled with the Spirit. In fact, the prophet Isaiah prophesies about this Messiah, this Jesus that would come, when he says, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to open the eyes of the blind, to, uh, to declare good news to the, you know, or, or to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to deliver people from demonic oppression to uh, uh, you know bring people out of depression to give glad gladness instead of a spirit of despair all these things that the Messiah would do he came to do and uh, if you remember in, when he goes to his home church in in Nazareth on the Sabbath right after he comes out of the wilderness after being tempted by the devil and he he's handed the scroll of Isaiah he turns to Isaiah 61 he reads that passage and he says, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. And then he goes about healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. But he also says, I only do what the Father is doing. I only say what the Father is saying. And so the Spirit of God in him was living out the Father's will, the Father's life, the Father's presence, the Father's desires, the Father's direction. And, and so Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, with the gas of the, of the Christian life, actually becomes the first human being to really live out the will of God in the power of the Spirit, which is how we're all supposed to live. And then he tells his disciples in John 14, he says this, I tell you the truth, anyone 
who has faith in me will do what I've been doing, and he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me anything in my name, and I will do it. And he says this, this is so good. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the same spirit that's dwelling in Jesus is going to be in them. He says, you know him, for he lives with you in Jesus and will be in you. So Jesus is saying he's been with you because he's been in me and you've been with me. But the time is coming when I'm going to make the transfer and I'm going to put him from me into you. And you can live like me then is what he's saying. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, long the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Jesus is saying, I'm, you know, the Father's in me, and then I'm going to be in you. And then verse 23, he says, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we, me and my Father, will come and make our home with him. That is just absolutely amazing to me. And he says, all this I have spoken to you while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. And basically, he will live through you just like he's lived through me. In the same way that I've lived out my Father's life and Father's will and the power of the Spirit, I'm going to send my Spirit, and then you're going to live out my life through you. It's... um, it's the gas in the tank. It's the reason that we don't have to... So, so, so many Christians live in their own strength without the power of the Spirit. They, they burn out in ministry. They lose interest in the Christian life because, because they, they're, they're pushing the car instead of driving it. You know, if, if I had a car that had no gas or had gas but I didn't know how to start it and run it, I would rather trade it in for a shopping cart. Because I can do a lot more with a shopping cart than I can pushing a car. And I'm afraid that's what we've kind of done as Christians. We've traded our cars for shopping carts. And we've just done what we've been able to do in our own power and strength because we don't know how to tap in to the power of the Spirit. But the key, the key and the purpose in this Christian life is to be filled with the Spirit and then let Jesus live his life out through us in the power of the Spirit. The Apostle Paul got this. He says, you know, we, we, we've not just only died. I shared this a couple weeks ago at the, in, in the uh, Resurrection Sunday sermon. We not only, Jesus not only died for us, but we died with him on the cross. And we were raised with him in his resurrection. And now we have the, the spirit of resurrection life living within us because we belong to Jesus and he has sent us his spirit. That's what happened at Pentecost. And so at Pentecost, the, the, the disciples, when, when before, before they did anything, Jesus said, now look, I'm going to send you throughout the world to preach the gospel, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to heal the sick and do all the things that I've been doing. But don't do anything. He said this just before he was raised or ascended back to the Father. He said, don't do anything until you wait in the city and you pray until the promise of the Father has come. The promised Holy Spirit. 
And so the disciples did. They, they prayed. They waited. They waited seven days. An entire week passed. They waited eight days. They waited nine days. I can't imagine what it was like, you know, two days, a week and two days after they had started to pray uh, and the Spirit still hadn't come. But on the morning of the tenth day, the Holy Spirit came and they were filled with the gasoline to run the car that they were instructed to, to drive, so to speak. And they went out into the streets and began to proclaim the gospel and to heal the sick and raise the dead. And their ministries, you read the book of Acts, their ministries were incredible. Peter could walk by people and, and just his shadow falling on them would heal them. That's how much power he had driving his car. And you know, for a long, long time, the church has lost the power because the church has lost that understanding that we have to have the gas in the car. And that's, that's what, you know, living by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, functioning in the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit is what accomplishes the work of Jesus in and through our lives. Paul said it this way in, in Galatians uh, three or 2.20. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He's like, I, it's, it's not me. It, you know, I died with Christ. And now... The life in me is his life in me. I've been resurrected with Jesus. And now, through the Spirit of God, through the Spirit of the resurrection, I now live in the power of resurrection life. You know, there's a, there's a place when he's praying for the Ephesians where he says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ever ask or imagine, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory for, through the church and through Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. And he had just prayed for them that they might be filled with all the fullness of God. There's a place in, in, in Colossians 2 that says, All the fullness of deity dwell in Christ. And now he dwells in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's his life. It's his spirit. It's his power in us and through us that accomplishes the, the Christian life. We can't live without this power. And yet we're pushing our car most of the time. Jesus came and lived the normal life. The life that every man was intended to live. And by the indwelling power of the Spirit, he accomplished the Father's will. That's how we're supposed to live. That's why in the next chapter, I, I read John 14. In the next chapter... In John 15, he says, I am the branch, or I am the vine, you are the branches. Unless you're abiding in me, you can bear no fruit. If you don't stay connected with me, then you won't bear any fruit. But what the interesting thing about a vine and a branch is that you don't know where one ends and the other begins. That's the abiding life that we're supposed to have with Christ, that we're so connected with him, we're so one with him, that the life spirit, the sap of the, of the spirit of life, in the vine flows through us and on us the fruit is produced there is there's no straining and striving in producing fruit for a grapevine for a branch on a grapevine it just naturally happens because the sap in the vine where the root is connected runs through that branch and at the right time that fruit is produced that's how we're supposed to live effortless fruitful lives as I have continued to walk with the Lord through 32 years of, of pastoral ministry and the jail chaplain before that and, and uh, uh, I did some other ministry before that, 
the, the older I get, the further I've gone, the longer I've lived, the more I've learned to lean on the Spirit, to, to stay connected with Jesus. Uh, that's why my daily quiet time is so important. That's why I spend a couple hours each morning with Him. That's why I pray uh, a lot in the morning. Uh, even at work, once I get to work, we have corporate prayer time in the morning, and then I spend some time just praying for the church and praying about my own life and ministry because I want to stay connected with the vine because out of that, fruit is produced. And I've seen in, in my own life more and more of Christ's life flowing through me and producing. There's still times. I had a situation this week where I felt like I was all alone and I didn't feel any of that sap flowing through me and it it felt like an utter failure, you know, the, the ministry I was doing. But... But more times than not, I feel the presence of the Spirit. I, I, I'm experiencing Christ's life in me. But I want more. Guys, I want more. That's why I picked this book up. Because I want more. And here's my, here's my challenge to our church. Is that I want you to follow me into the more. Because there is more. I, I know I've heard too many testimonies. I've read too many books. I've seen too many. Uh, even people that are alive today that their lives are producing abundant, miraculous, exponential fruit. And that's where I want to live. I want to move in that direction. I, I'm 60, I'll be 62 years old in a couple of months. And I, in some ways, I feel like I'm just getting started because I'm really beginning to, to hit the stride of understanding how this thing works and, and just letting the Spirit flow through my life. But I'm not where I want to be. And I want to, I want to take you with me on this journey into more into the fullness of all that God has for us and all God that all that God wants to do in and through us. And so I would love for you to join me in that journey. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to show us what our lives are supposed to be like, how human beings are supposed to live, and how we're supposed to be filled with the Spirit, like an oil lamp is supposed to be filled with oil in order for it to burn. Like a car is supposed to be filled with gas in order for it to, to be driven, not pushed. And Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and showing us how to live. Because your life was supposed to be an example to us of how we're supposed to live. And we're not supposed to just follow you and try to do the stuff that you did in our own strength. And we're not supposed to stand back and say, well, Jesus was God, so therefore he lived in a way I couldn't. But Lord Jesus, you came to show us what it means to be filled with the Spirit and to obey your Father. And to produce fruit. And you said if we would do what you did. Be filled with your spirit. Walk in obedience. We could see the same kind of fruit that you produced in our own lives. And through our own lives. Lord Jesus lead us in that. As we move forward in this Christian walk together. I pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church. Visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.